Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. As you know what we want to make sure to do, show things the way they really are. Well, right here with me is one of our one of our strong activists here in Houston, Virg Parks. How are you doing today, my friend? Hi, I'm I'm um, feeling pretty good, comparatively speaking. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, let, I feel like I've survived let, something. You know why? Because you did. Let, let's get a start here, folks. For a long time. People have been talking about COVID-19 as if it was just something simple. It affects people in many different ways. But what hurts the most is when people make light of it and put many of our fellow citizens at risk. Well, here is somebody who has been active in the community, somebody who has always been a stalwart, a strong person. And you know what? COVID-19 taught her something. Virginia, yeah. tell me a little bit about yourself, first of all, just a little bit. Let people know that uh, you're just one of us. Uh, former obsessive HIV treatment activist, which played a huge role in, in my, um, you know, how I handled COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was very blessed. And um, so used to be an HIV treatment activist, I actually have met Tony Fauci. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like we're, you know, Facebook buds, but, um, and, and then moved to, moved home. Um, I, I lived in San Francisco for many years, moved back to Houston to help take care of my mom in 2002. Um, anyway, and, you know, lived in, then lived in Philly for a while. I've pretty much been a social justice activist as long as I can remember. Um, I, realized a few years ago what I I used to think that my mom and dad went to lots of picnics and parades with black people (laughs) (laughs) and and they took us with them and so I and I and I never really thought anything of it I was like yeah we just you know there's always good food right and 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 so um, and I was like four, I think. And um, a few years ago, my brother said, Doofus, those were rallies and marches that they were taking us to. Um, and so, yeah, so I think you were an activist parents, from before you knew. Yeah, you yeah. My parents were union organizers. They were involved, uh, you know, not, not they weren't like leaders, but they, they were definitely involved in the civil rights movement campaign for Barbara Jordan. Um, and, um, you know, and so it's kind of in my blood. And so when the AIDS epidemic hit, I knew I had to do more than I was able to do here in Texas. So I, I did, I went to San Francisco on vacation, went to one ACT UP Golden Gate meeting, um, and, and the die was cast. And, 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 and then so you became I, forever a, an activist, no matter oh, yeah. what and kind then, of job you yeah. had, you was an activist. Yeah. You were an activist. So, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Well, yeah. look, let me, let me tell you something, Virginia. When I, first of all, I want to thank you for something, right? A lot of people, when they get sick, they get some sort of illness, they kind of run in a hole and they act 
as if it's a shame or they don't let anybody know what's going mm. on. And I, I have a completely different feel for that, right? I have a wife who has lupus and we've always spoken out about it. My daughter recently mm -hmm. got a stroke and we've always spoke about it. And one of the reasons I do that is because too many people, I believe, suffer in silence. So what I like with social media, the part of social media that I like is it gives people who want to be honest an opportunity to come out there and tell their story so that other people, even if they're in their home alone, they don't feel alone. They know that other people are going yeah. through the same kinds of things. So when I started to read your story, you were, you were chrono chronologically going through your COVID experience. And all I could think about is, wow, that is really good. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Um, well, and, and I felt that that was important and, and it was actually very intentional. And I think I had a comment in one of them um, because they, I had the experience as an AIDS activist of having friends that, you know, I would, we didn't have, you know, social media and even cell phones then, mm -hmm. um, but I had a fax machine that was right by my bed. And so I hated when I would get those midnight faxes because quite often it was because somebody died. Right. And I had friends all over the country from all of the people I had met, especially HIV positive women from all over the world. And so, um, and so I frequently had that experience of hearing that someone had died and I didn't even, and they, I knew they had HIV of course, but, um, but I didn't know they were sick. I had been in a meeting with them two weeks prior and then suddenly they're dead. Um, I had that experience then and, and have gone through a lot of PTSD. And so people in the LGBT community, especially, uh, or healthcare providers that, that, have a lot of experience with HIV and AIDS, you might be experiencing some PTSD as well, recognize it, own it. Um, and, um, and so I think it started when our beloved um, Reverend Vicki Gibbs died uh, from, from resurrection. And I, and it was devastating because, well, I mean, because it's Vicki, right? Um, but also because I didn't even know that she was positive. I didn't know mm -hmm. she and her wife were infected um, until uh, we, we were about to start a new study group. And, and we get this message on Facebook saying, hey, I'm, you know, we're both positive. I'm still like not back to 100%. Um, we'll have to postpone the start. We'll start it next week. That was on a Tuesday, I believe. Um, on Friday, she died. Wow. And, um, and it was just, it was traumatic for, for us. And, and kind of a weird, I'm, I'm one of these people who looks for silver linings, you know, and so I just always do. And um, a silver lining is that her message has been spread far and wide. Her last sermon has been watched probably by millions of people. It's, um, and, and she talked about how, uh, she died in July. And so she, she talked about how this pandemic is going to disproportionately affect BIPOC people more and, and people of lower income and the disenfranchised are just gonna be affected even more. And anyway, and so um, and and so then recently within the last week, 
<clears throat> another beloved member of our community died rather suddenly, um, was sick for five days. And, um, and then, and I, and, and then gone. And so, like you were saying, I mean, of course, during the AIDS epidemic, there was so much shame and stigma attached to it. Um, and, and it's kind of confusing. Um, and, you know, and, and we fought as AIDS activists, part of um, our advocacy as treatment advocates, activist was for to remove that stigma because if people are going to get treated for it, they have to come forward. They have to, you know, now, they do you have think, to be not afraid. Do you think that a lot of times uh, there, even though there shouldn't be, that that is sort of what goes on with COVID? I don't want anybody to know that I have COVID because they yes. may not want to be around me later yes. on. Yes, yes. And, and I have difficulty, I mean, even though it was wrong during the AIDS epidemic, um, it was somewhat understandable because, you know, we are prudish country um but it with covid it, it's more difficult for me to fathom why there is that shame attached mm -hmm. and i think and i think it's because we're still asking quite often people will ask people asked of me how did you get it actually you know, and you know and, what believe it or not I, that is one of the questions i and i think it's not that particular yeah. way of getting it given it's covid it's right. like, well, uh, can you give me pointers as, as to what you think? May about, well, and, and yeah, and I, and I think it is relevant in that sense. And I had a friend ask me in one of the meetings this week, um, and I, you know, and he said, I, I hope this doesn't offend you, but, you know, I'm, I'm wanting, because he knows I'm careful. Right. I work in a medical setting. Um, I probably caught it from a patient at work. Most of my counseling is done over the phone. Um, so, you know, the, the things that have to be done in person, of course, patients there, and then, and then we send them out to their car and I talk to them over the phone, but on occasion, um, I have to see have, them. yeah, I have to see them in person. And so, I mean, getting back to Reverend Vicki, the last thing she said to me, um, and it was now looking back, it was so intuitive. The last thing she said to me is be very, very careful, Verge. It only takes a sec, a few a seconds. A slip. A just one slip. And that was the last thing that, that she said, said to me. And it was on Facebook. Right. And, um, and uh, you know, and so, and I think that's how it happened. It was just, it was, I, I just slipped. I had initially with the first surge, I was double masking. I was wearing the, um, you know, in 95s and then another cloth the mask surgical over, over that. Yeah. Or I would wear the surgical and a cloth mask. And I kind of gradually loosened my own. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? 
it's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You know, protocol. Right. A little bit. I loosened it a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And and because most of the time I'm not having, as we learn more and more about it and, um, you know, and the effect of mask and which is best and who has to wear it and blah, 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 and how much time it takes um, to actually transmit it. Mm-hmm. Unless somebody like just comes and coughs in your face, um, you have to spend some time with them. You know, so that's why I think anyway. So, um, and most of the time, I'm just walking past patients. Mm -hmm. You know, quite often reminding them, put up your mask, pull up your mask, please, please put your mask back on. Would you please put your mask back on? And I even lightened up on that because it was just so frustrating. I felt like I was dealing with a room full of teenagers. Mm -hmm. You know, you are grown women. You should not have, I shouldn't have to remind you like I'm your mom and please don't roll your eyes at me when I tell you to put on your mask. Right. And, um, and initially I was really, and what initially when somebody said, why do I have to wear the mask the whole time? I said, because do you really want me to die in a hospital with tubes down my throat? Do you hate me that much? (laughs) I mean, I was really frank about it. And, and then, and then I lightened up on that. So, I did let my guard down. I so then it was loosen my personal protocols a bit. I mean, so, but you I see a lot of people. Partying. You see yeah. a lot of people. So I mean, um, I imagine, right. you, yeah. So that's the thing is that I do come in. I mean, for a while I was participating in a, a survey um, that I, don't, I think is maybe Rice University that was doing like a daily survey, and I just asked about exposure, and I finally stopped answering it because it was every single day. And literally every single, if I went to work, yes, I was exposed to more than 10 people. Right. You know? Right. And, um, and most of the time that exposure is very, very minimal, but I think just letting, loosening my personal protocol just a little bit, Cause, yeah. and, you know, is, is what, is what did it. And I, and I'm sure, and it, and I'm, uh, Yeah. Now I'm let me ask you. Now, let's for the for the audience. Tell them how did you find out what what how how did your stuff gradually go from nothing to into something? How did you I start? went? Um, we do we test every two weeks at the clinic, um, and so I don't know if that's changing. It might be every day now. Who knows? Um, but but they were testing every two weeks. So I had had a a negative test result came back on Tuesday. So I was uh-huh. tested on a Monday. Um, got my negative results on Tuesday, and then on Saturday evening, I felt a little run down. You know, I I went, um, you know, I, I went, to, I worked, and then I met some friends who were helping with doing a recording for for church, and and then um, stopped at H E B to get my curbside order mm-hmm. um and by the time i got home i was i was feeling under the weather i was just like hmm i'm just i don't feel quite right i'm a little i'm tired i didn't feel even at work i felt 
felt a little feverish or something. And I was mm-hmm. like, check my fever, check my temperature again. And I wasn't running a temperature. I was fine. And they were like, ah, Verge, you're so paranoid. Because I am kind of paranoid. Like, I right. am that person. I, li- I am that person that the minute I start feeling a little of anything, scratchy throat, allergies, anything, I'm checking my, I got my pulse oximeter out. I'm checking that. I'm checking my fever, you know, my temperature. And, and um, you know, and so that, that was part of it is because my, my friend who asked that question said, I know that you are super paranoid and I'm very, very cautious. And so, um, anyway, so yeah, so I, so I thought, well, you know, it's probably just allergies, you know, a storm had come through, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get a good night's rest, had a little soup for dinner, went to bed early, woke up the next day, felt like crap. And I felt, um, it was like I had a sinus infection that mm-hmm. had just hit suddenly. And, and I was pretty much in denial about it. Like, and the urgent care doctor was saying, well, did you have any symptoms beforehand? And I was like, no, not really. She's like, what? She said, well, sinus infections don't usually come on that quickly. And I said, well, but I did, I had some congestion earlier in the week. I did. Yeah. I had some, I was like trying, I was trying to convince myself and the urgent care doc that it was not COVID. So when did they do the te- next test? Um, so they did, they did the test that day. They tested me for flu and COVID. Um, but, and then um, my boss had me come in the next morning um, to go ahead and get a test because they could, because the doctor can expedite it. We would right. get the results the next day from the, the test that they did at urgent care. I didn't get the results um, for another four days. And did they both and match is, as positive? Yes. Yes. Okay. And, um, and so, and I think that's one of the, ah, oops, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I think, um, that was, is, I mean, for, that's one of the, the delay in testing. This is where that's relevant. I mean, some people, it's like all of these, the kind of the minutiae, the details of managing this pandemic, which our previous president did I'm already calling him our previous president. Yes, yes. Um, anyway, but 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 the time lag between testing is relevant. Uh, I touched my friend. You know, my friend was sick for five days. I it was while the EMS was there trying to resuscitate him that that his husband got the news that they were both positive. Oh, you know, wow. and that's kind of, you know, and so if you wait until, so one of the lessons I learned is that, and, and the urgent care doctor said kind of you're, you have symptoms of COVID. I mean, and it was, a, but it was also the classic symptoms of a sinus infection. I had pain and pressure. I had a screaming headache. I had congestion. I had overall malaise and just fatigue and just felt like crap. You know, and and so um, one word of advice would be to uh, to assume you have COVID. Right. You know, right. if you're sick, assume it's COVID because it might take a few days to get your test results back. Now, after now, you found out that you had it, that means you probably by then would have had it about four or five days. Probably. And so um, and and so I I can't help but think of all of the, you know. I was thinking of like all the people that you're that in touch I had with and encounter with, you know, patients, e- even that was 
brief, you know, patients, coworkers, um, the, the woman who came up to the window at HEB for the curbside and I, hi, are you Verge? And I, and thankfully I know when that happened, I actually had, you know, like, yeah, just kind of cracked the window a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm her, you know, but, um, but, you know, I had also, I had left blueberries off of my order. So I ran in really quick um, to the produce section and grabbed some blueberries. And I was thinking, so I'm racking my brain and thinking like, oh my God, how many people did I encounter? Of course I had on a mask, but right. but still, and it's just, and and now we're hearing about this more virulent, um, mm-hmm. you know, aggressive virus that's, that it does uh, I hear that the symptoms are not any worse, but it's just very, very easily transmitted. The this one that's hit in England right now and, in, the in UK. Europe, and yeah, yeah, yep, yep. And um, and it's going to be, you know, by by tomorrow, it's going to be in other countries. You know, it is right. And but so, so you're you're after uh, there was one message that I saw where apparently you were doing fine at home. But you started to have breathing problems a few days into it. I, I think that was like eight I, days It or was, 10. yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was about a week later that I, what, what really frightened me and, and, and um, because my, my pulse ox was, had been, you know, it had been kind of like wavering at that point. It was like 92, 93, but, but it would always come back up to 94 um, it wasn't consistently under, I, right. I decided to set 94 as my marker. The urgent care doc said 95. If that, if that had, if I'd gone to the ER every time it went below 95%. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller. I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. It... I would have been living at the ER, right? Right. And so um, I decided to set consistently under 94 as my marker. Um, but what really motivated me to go was when I I got up that morning, walked my dog. It was exhausting. It was like an eight-minute walk. You mm-hmm. know, we went down the stairs, across the courtyard, up the elevator. That, you know, and and... And it was exhausting. And I just, I had been really committed to aggressive self-care, mm-hmm. like literally every four hours, taking a mucinex, other medications, you know, doing my breathing exercise, checking my pulse ox, um, et cetera. And I, I woke up that morning and I just didn't care anymore. And so that was the part that really scared the hell out of me is that, 
um, my determination was gone. I just, I, just I was ready. I just, I was ready to take a nap and let it take me, you know, I just, I stopped caring. Yes. Right. I stopped caring. And so it's like, this virus is so insidious. It's as if it has an actual character and personality, you know, it's, 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 you know, of course, any virus is a living creature. I mean, of sorts, an entity. Um, but it's as if it was like something on a Star Trek virus that, that, you know, that not only has the ability to attack all different parts of the body and all different people. I mean, I've had, you know, so many friends who went through this. And like you said, a lot of times I didn't know until like they came out to me after I came out. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they were like, well, yeah, I had it I too. Had it. Well, look, I, you know, Verge, I'm running and, out of time. So let me ask I you know. to do me a big favor. Okay. Tell, uh, you, you had, um, you, you, what, what I liked about one of the things that you said in your blog is that you're not a doctor, but this is what I did and yeah, it seemed yeah, to work. Yeah. So please oh, yeah, tell I, the I, people I, I, what you did that seemed to I work get, for I do want to get that out. Thank you. Um, but not a doctor. Okay. This was my experience. Um, I, I took Mucinex every four hours. So every four hours around the clock, I had alarms set. So every four hours I took Mucinex. The logic is that the lungs fill up with fluids. That's a bad thing. So um, Mucinex DM, uh, I was alternating ibuprofen and uh, Tylenol to keep the inflammation and the fever and the body aches down. I, um, so when I took the Mucinex, of course, I was drinking a big glass of liquids, um, a lot of Pedialyte and Gatorade. You want to get those electrolytes in. Uh, I was also checking my pulse ox, you know, with my little oximeter, mm-hmm. which let me note, it's the readings are different for people of color mm-hmm. because of the melanin. Right. So if you're a person of color, don't use the numbers that I use. You want to be really aware if it drops below 95, you want to be really aware of your breathing. If you're having any breathing issues, get your butt to the ER. Um, so they can take the, a blood sample and get the, the, real, the absorption yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, but, and so every four hours, I was also doing breathing exercises, which involved deep breathing, trying to really fill every little inch of my lungs holding it for 10 seconds, right. Holding it for 10 seconds and then breathing out through a straw, my little trusty straw. Right. Um, because, and a a nurse had explained the logic of that and I don't remember, but it's, but it's something about like filling up all of those little parts of the, and, you know, and emptying them out uh, of the lungs. Um, Start taking vitamin D right now, D3. More and more studies are coming out that people that they're seeing that people with COVID are D deficient. And most of us are anyway. So it's, so a lot of the stuff that I did, it's not going to hurt. It's kind of, so, you know, of course, if you have, if you have hemophilia, for example, you're not going to take my aspirin a day. Blood clots are common with COVID. So I was taking a low dose aspirin. Um, I started taking, well, I was already taking the D3 because of heart issues. And, um, and I took a good multivitamin. So if you're not taking any vitamins right now, start. Take a good solid multivitamin and vitamin D, D3. 
Um, and I added, of course, extra orange, you know, in the form of extra C in the form of orange juice, lots and lots of orange juice, um, a, a very powerful antioxidant called NAC, an anacylocysteine, which was used early on um, in HIV care, you know, self-care. So a lot of these things actually come from, I, I had this had this awesome friend in Northern California who uh, is super nerd and she was doing research and saying, okay, there's studies to back up this, there's studies to back up this. So, so everything I was doing, there is research to back it up. I mean, doctors are learning firsthand. So, um, oh, zinc, of course. So the minute you have any kind of symptoms, add extra zinc. So we're talking D, multivitamin C, zinc, NAC, um, a low-dose aspirin. And uh, one study has shown that people who were taking Pepsid, who knows why, um, had a better outcome. So I thought, what the heck? It fell into the it can't hurt category. Right. Um, One of the things to be aware of is that, and of course, if somebody has hemophilia, you can't take the aspirin and ibuprofen. Um, if you have blood pressure issues, in my case, I was also that every, so every four hours I was waking up, taking my meds, checking my pulse ox, checking my temperature, doing my breathing exercises, drinking lots of fluids, get up, walk to the bathroom, walk around a little bit, um, and then go back to bed. And then the alarm would go off four hours later, I do it all again. But, um, I was also doing using my albuterol inhaler because I do have asthma mm-hmm. and I was using that every four hours. Um, and that combined with the ibuprofen was jacking up my heart rate. So that, so that was when I went to the ER, the doctor um, who actually, I felt stupid at one point because code blues were going off all around me. There was somebody had an active heart attack around the corner. They had to intubate several people in the ER um, I thought, why am I here? I'm sorry, I'm wasting your time. And and I for, I don't remember if it was the doctor or the nurse who said, no, we'd rather see ten of you than right. that person. Because we what have you to do intubate. is you, you actually you actually go in before uh, you're into some but, sort of an arrest. Correct. But look, Virginia, right. I, I have to go uh-huh. now, but I want to I want to uh, ask you to give you know tell us something in thirty seconds that I should have <laughs> asked you that you want to get out there. Um, I vaccine the vaccine people i can attest because i sat in the rooms with researchers i was a treatment nerd um researchers have been working toward these kind of vaccines for decades decades i know it seems rushed but um but it was but yeah it's not they've been working on it for a long time and one reason we were able to move as quickly on this is thanks to chinese researchers who before their government shut everything down, they got the word out. In part because of the AIDS epidemic, researchers share information a lot better. They have platforms. So they used to hang on to their data until they presented it. It was all about publishing and presenting. Now, so these Chinese, these very heroic people shared that data yeah they did release with it you know with yes with the 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 world and that's so then because they've been working on the mrna vaccines for decades they're you know they were able just to plug in the you know the genome and and that's why we have 
these vaccines. In other and words, so I know it's new. I know it's scary. And I know some are going to wait until the rest of us get our vaccines. That's okay. I am happy to be your guinea pig. Um, <laughs> but well, um, yeah, so, so that's, it's, it's, it's so, and so much of what we know, even, you know, that basic thing about how researchers share data came out of the AIDS epidemic. Excellent. Well, Vir yeah. Virginia Parks, thank you so kindly for spending this time with Politics Done Right. Your story is one that I think uh, will be revealing to many. I think it's important that, like I said, that we all, you know, share our tribulations because in doing right. so, we make it better yeah. for us all. Oh, one thing I didn't say yes. is this my number one tip. Learn how to say yes, please, and thank you. Your friends want to help. So do not hide. Do not curl up in your bedroom. Talk to your friends when they offer help. Give them specifics. Say, yes, I, I only wanted to eat bananas for a while, for a few days. And friends brought me bananas. So, you know, so say yes. Say yes. Not only do your friends want to help you, your friends need to help yes. you. They'd rather help you now than grieve later. Virginia, thank you so kindly for having been a part of Politics Done Right. Right. Thank you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal. A safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller. I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer. <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal.